Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, welcome back into the Mark Cox Morning Show. It's a Monday morning, the 26th day of uh, February, and uh, just uh, lots going on this morning for sure. Stuff we haven't even had a chance to get to yet. Uh, like, in other words, Kim St. Ange, you've been mentioning this in your news headlines. I want to know where my five bucks is for my phone not working last the week. The question is, how are you going to spend all that money, Mark? <laughs> hey, you can't even go to Starbucks. Not that I would for five bucks. You can't even go to Starbucks. No, you can't even get like a regular I, coffee for five dollars these I days. Know. Not even like one of the fancy drinks. <laughs> anyway, that's one of the many stories happening. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to Will Sharf, candidate for Missouri Attorney General. Uh, and next hour, we'll get Tom Ackerman in here. Talk a little bit more about uh, maybe... Uh, some college basketball or the Cardinals, because I know if Tom's not, he's probably heading to Florida next week, I think, uh, but he gets to go down to spring training. So it's good to be Tom Ackerman. We'll get him in here about 835. Right now, though, I want to go back to something that happened last week. I want to play a soundbite for you here uh, from uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft that has been uh, getting some attention in the run for governor. Listen. How can Missouri better support our veterans and active duty military personnel? You know, the first thing we need to do is we need, we need to do it with promise. That's really clear. But, you know, this isn't really probably what you want for your answer to your question. But I don't think we ought to treat people based on classifications. All right. That was, uh, that was part of the answer that he gave. And it, it's drawn some heat from his uh, political opponents, including uh, Senator Bill Igle, who I've got on the phone this morning. Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. So I noticed your comments on uh, Twitter that as a veteran, you took some offense to what Jay Ashcroft said. Well, yeah, I think me and a lot of other veterans uh, all over the state were pretty shocked that when asked, what are you going to do to help veterans? Jay Ashcroft basically point blank answered, said, well, we don't need to do anything special. <laughs> I, in fact, I was sitting less than five feet from him when he said it. And, uh, you know, everybody in the room kind of slapped their hands to their foreheads and said, man, I, that's uh, that was that was, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. How do you help veterans? It's kind of a softball question in politics. I mean, there are so many things we can do uh, to help out our veterans. You know, we're we're doing things to help our National Guard, protecting them from the COVID-19 shot, eliminating taxes on signing bonuses for the National Guard. There's all sorts of things we can do for funding for veterans, whether it's the veterans homes here in Missouri. Uh, you know, I'm a veteran myself. It's personal for me. So when Jay Ashcroft said, gets out there, you know, he he's never served a day in his life. And he says, 
well, you know, veterans, don't, they're really not that special at all, and I don't really support discounts and extra extra benefits for veterans. I think that's a real slap in the face. So, uh, you know, this is just continuation for, for Secretary Ashcroft, that when he's asked to speak on, on issues that are affecting the state of Missouri, he really struggles with the answer. He's taken a lot of heat from a lot of folks. Uh, I, I guess I don't know what the – I'm trying to figure out what the theme of his campaign actually is, uh, other than he just doesn't like veterans very much. So I'm kind of at a loss, but we're going to keep we're going to keep pressing forward. I'm always going to stand with our veterans. I have to get your response to this horrible murder of that Georgia nursing student. We now know it was at the hands of a, an illegal. They're talking about bringing illegals from Chicago over to the St. Louis area. So if you were elected governor, what would you do about that whole situation? Yeah, so this is a terrible, preventable strategy. Uh, If I'm the governor of this state, the first thing I do on my first day as governor of the state of Missouri is I declare uh, this for exactly what it is. It is an invasion of our sovereign state and our country. Under Article 4 of the Missouri Constitution, this should be declared by the governor an invasion. And And if we do that, when I do that, that will activate the Highway Patrol, the National Guard, and every single sheriff in this state to start a program which I call Detain and Deport. We are going to take we are going to start detaining every one of the 70,000 illegal immigrants that are in this state and are not supposed to be here and remove them to the borders of this country. I'm going to be working with other state governors to help protect their state sovereignty and to move these people back to the border where they came from. But the idea that we continue to do nothing. And by the way, our current governor, Governor Parson, could declare this invasion right now. He could declare in the middle of this interview uh, that it's an invasion and start taking action against these folks. He won't do it. But I'll tell you what it's going to be something i do on the first day uh, of uh, of my administration and I, you know this is we're seeing these tragedies uh, occur all over the country and uh, we have cities in missouri most notably st louis city and kansas city who are terribly soft on crime that are allowing themselves to become gateways of this criminal activity we've got to put a stop to it that's the first step let's go missouri yeah bill eigel our guest right now missouri state senator let's talk about what's going on in the senate for a minute Um, You have introduced a balanced budget amendment. Now, they already have a balanced budget requirement in the state of Missouri. How is this different? So actually, that's a common misconception, Mark. There is no – a lot of folks think, hey, Missouri's Constitution has a balanced budget requirement. That's not true. It it does not have a balanced budget requirement. The only thing that the Missouri Constitution actually says is that if expenditures outpace uh, revenues, the governor may – make some withholds to the con to the the budget in order to get it back into whack but he doesn't have to in fact right now the governor has actually recommended a state budget uh that is actually out of balance he would spend 1.5 billion dollars into the state reserve into the surpluses we've built up over the past couple years uh to meet the budget that he has proposed to the legislature so he's not even trying to pretend that he's a fiscal conservative anymore and recommending that we spend more than we take in so uh my balanced budget amendment is going to start putting this system back into control we are spending a ton of money in the state of missouri we've doubled the state budget just in the past five years that's more money that that we've grown government more in five years than every democratic governor uh combined going back to the founding of the state so this is something we've got to get the finances back under control and if we can do that then we can start focusing on cutting cutting taxes in this state we're going to start with personal property taxes then we're going to go after income tax But as long as we're allowing the Republican Party to be led by what is essentially a center-left fiscal coalition with Mike Parson at the head, well, 
we're not going to be strong as a state. I know there was some movement, I guess that would have been last week with IP reform. It went through the night. We were playing some audio from the Senate floor of, of you guys still talking at like 5 a.m. Where does that stand now and, and what do you make of what has been passed so far? So uh, we we did finally pass uh, an initiative petition bill on Thursday of last week. So that's kind of the good news. Uh, it was a concurrent majority that included a uh, concurrent majority that would uh, apply the standard of you must get five out of the eight congressional districts to vote yes on any initiative, uh, in addition to the simple majority, of course. Uh, I, I consider that good. You know, we've been fighting for that uh, for the past two or three months now. We've The Freedom Caucus has been out there sacrificing everything from our chairmanships to our parking spaces. Uh, to kind of force this issue to the forefront and get it done. So that's a good. Now, there's a bad, there's a downside to this, and that is before we got to that final vote, uh, a handful of Republican senators actually voted to remove a couple provisions from that bill that would have prohibited non-citizen voting in the state of Missouri. I, I can't believe I actually saw nine Republican state senators vote against uh, or vote against having a pro- prohibition of, of uh, non-citizen voting in the state of Missouri. So I think it's got more work to do when it goes over to the House. We're going to look for the House to put those protections back in, and then we'll take a final final vote on the uh, final product when it comes back to the Senate, uh, probably in two to three weeks. Wow. Still taking a lot longer than we had hoped, right, Bill? Uh, this should have been done a month ago, but, yeah. you know, it, to have gotten it this far, uh, it's a good day. Listen, uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll have you on again soon. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Have a yep. good morning. You bet. Senator Bill Eigel there, and if uh, still fighting the good fight down there in Missouri with initiative uh, petition reform. I'm, I'm weeks, glad to see it. Two to three weeks, he was saying it could <laughs> take that. Yeah, by the time it goes to the House, comes back to them in a committee, and then they go in and see if they can work out the differences. Things in government just move at a molasses pace. I have that's to remind myself of exactly that. exactly what they want. That, that That's exactly how it's designed to work, I'm afraid. Mm. We should have done this last year. And we wouldn't have this problem. Real or fake news uh, coming up here in just a couple minutes. Bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Will Scharf, a candidate for Missouri Attorney General. Back in just a minute. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We are fighting the fake news. Real or fake? Fake. Phony. Fake. News quiz. It's time for the Real or Fake News Quiz. Let's go through the stats first. Last time we did this, Kim St. Ange had five. Mark Cox had two. Ethan Bright had three. Is it really necessary to go over that every time? And the winner of every single Real or Fake News Quiz this year is Kim St. Ange. All right. 
Also, best newcomer yeah. for Odyssey St. Louis. <laughs> That's probably why. Everything. That is probably you why. You guys are welcome. <laughs> so last week we did not have this because it was President's Day. So, real or fake, four U.S. presidents never had a vice president. Kim St. Ange, is that real or fake? Uh, I don't know if it's four. If this is like a gotcha thing. I don't know. I will tell you the number is if- correct if it is real. And it is correct if it is fake. Okay, then I'll... <laughs> s- then I, I'm fine, I'll say real. Ethan Bright. I'm going to go fake. Mark Cox. Uh, I'm going to go fake. It is real. Of course it is. Really? Yes. Because the there was no... Pre- there No, there was no procedure until the 25th Amendment to have a vice president if one was not elected on the ticket. So when... John Tyler, Millard Fillmore, Andrew Johnson, Chester A. Arthur all had vice presidents who died in office. They couldn't appoint them until the 25th. But Amendment. they did have a vice president. They just died in office. I'm no. still right, Mark. Yes. <laughs> I'm with Mark on this. <laughs> Thank you. They served their Mark. entire terms without a vice president. Because, because their vice president died? No, they were vice president and became president. Oh, I see uh, what you're saying. They were elevated. They to the were elevated. I misunderstood to the vice president. I'm but sorry you meant if I did not explain died. it correctly. Okay, Carl. I'll let I took it the same way, Mark. All right, but it was four. Four of them. Okay, those four. All right. All right, Mark. We'll go to you next since you're troublemaker. Challenging <laughs> you this morning. <laughs> Real or fake? Potatoes are the world's most traded commodity. Crop. Crop. Potatoes. I couldn't, I couldn't read that last word. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, fake on that. Kim St. Ange. Fake. Ethan, potatoes are the world's most traded commodity crop. Sure, let's go true. It is fake. Of course. <laughs> oh, for two. <laughs> what is Mark, it, Carl? It's corn. Corn. Yep. Corn is number You need corn to make bourbon. That's why. Yes, you do. Yes. Ethan Bright, real or fake? Before coffee became a top beverage, people used it to clean their hands. Is that real or fake? I'll go true. Come on, it's real or fake, so you have to say oh, real, real. Or, or fake. Sorry, real. Mark Cox. Uh, uh, the way some people make it, you could probably use it to <laughs> clean your hands. Uh, I'll say fake. Kim St. Ange, real or fake? I'll say fake. It is real. Oh. It is real. <laughs> On the board. You got one. Who decided to drink it then? If they use it to clean their hands. Oh, by the way, it smells pretty good. I think I'll try drinking it. <laughs> It'll clear out my intestines. You know somebody licked their hands after watching oh, it one day. Windex. Just, uh. mm. Kim St. Ange, real or fake? The average body temperature is still actually 98.6. Is that real or fake? Uh, I don't know. Fake? Ethan Bright. I'm going to go fake, too. Mark I'm Cox. going real. It is fake. Uh. A 2023 study says that humans are now... Averaging 97.9 degrees. So we're getting global cooling. <laughs> I was just thinking the That's same it. thing. That's it. It's global hotter. cooling. Mark Cox, real or fake, this summer, Finland will host its fifth annual World Tree Hugging Championships. Is that real or fake? Uh, I'm going with fake. 
Kim that Zanach. can't be real. I don't know. I missed the first part. Something about a tree-hugging <laughs> convention. Finland. This summer, competitors in Finland will face off at the fifth annual World Tree-Hugging Championship. That has to be 100% true. Real or fake, Ethan? Yeah, I'm going to go real. It is real. <sighs> Mark Cox. Well, how can you have a competition that you can hug a tree better? <laughs> How is that a thing? The same way a boy can become a girl that way. <laughs> you can do anything you want, Mark. Yep. Ethan Bright. Yes, sir. Real or fake? Black I'm too bo- logical for this. <laughs> black boxes on airplanes are black. I am going to go fake. Mark Cox. Um, I'm going to go uh, fake, too. Fake. Edge. Yes, they are orange. Orange. Okay, so they're easier they're to orange find. so they can yes. find them. Go. See, Mark, I knew, Mark knew this one. Ethan Bright. Again? Okay, fine. Mark Cox. See, Kim might this this might get Kim, everybody. Thank you for that, Carl. <laughs> Yosemite Sam never said the word tarnation in any of the classic Looney Tunes. Real or fake? Oh, now you're taxing my <laughs> I've killed too many brain cells over the years, Carl. Um all right, we're running out of time here. I'm gonna say that that is fake. Kim St. Ange. I'll say real. Ethan Bright. I believe it's fake. I think he said it. Five to three to two. Winning. Kim St. Ange wins again. Guys, <laughs> he never come said on. tarnation. Never said tarnation. Am I the only one who got that right? Yes. Okay. I think he did. And we say were it. the only ones alive when he was saying it. Right. You know who the Yosemite <laughs> Sam is? Never nope, said. but I just made a good guess. <laughs> I knew she would. I'm just going to let you know I'm going to use the rest of my time at work to find out where he said it. <laughs> he never said Thank you, tarnation. Yep. Go find it for me, please. Coming up, we'll talk to Will Sharp, candidate for Missouri Attorney General in studio. We'll be right back. No, he's a liar and a coward. Look, he's never filed a lawsuit in his life. He's never actually practiced law. Wall Street Willie's a rich kid from New York who's ridden on his parents' wealth. He's never actually been to court. So what the heck does he know? He doesn't know what he's talking about. He needs to go back to New York with his Harvard education and maybe try practicing real law before he starts calling out other attorneys. Wow, that was the Attorney General Andrew Bailey on this show on Friday talking about Will Scharf, his his opponent in the race for Attorney General. And we have Will in studio this morning. Will, welcome in. Great to be with you, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. Ab- absolutely. What What is your reaction to what uh, the Attorney General said about you there? Yeah, so just to back up a second, last week on <clears throat> Twitter, I pointed out that Andrew Bailey and his office had flubbed two very important appeals against Planned Parenthood. In one case, they just failed to appeal half of a case. The Missouri Supreme Court, as a result, uh, struck down a legislative effort to defund Planned Parenthood, basically because Bailey's team didn't appeal the case properly. And then in another case, uh, there was a fee award entered against the state uh, for Planned Parenthood, and Bailey's team just missed the statutory deadline to appeal that, and that resulted in $300,000 going to Planned Parenthood that otherwise might not have. So I just pointed that out, and in response, you heard what Bailey said. He attacked me personally. He attacked my family. He called me names. Uh, It's unserious. It's important to note that he didn't deny anything that I said. He didn't deny that his office had screwed up these two appeals because he can't do that because they did. And then he said that I've never been to court, which would be a surprise to dozens of people sitting in federal prison today because I prosecuted them. It would also be a surprise to President Donald Trump, who I sat next to in court just a few weeks ago in Washington, D.C. So Bailey's flailing. His poll numbers are in the tank. His office is in disarray. 
and he's lashing out at me personally as a result. But I have faith that the voters of Missouri are going to be able to see through that, that they know what an effective attorney general's office looks like, having seen it under Eric Schmidt and Josh Hawley. And we're going to keep pointing out all of the various failures of the Bailey administration. Just last week at the U.S. Supreme Court, they had a, a petition for certiorari denied unanimously. They had a motion to intervene denied in a different case. I mean, this is an office that has a highly effective press operation, but a much less effective legal operation. And I think by August, the voters of Missouri are going to understand that very well. Yeah. You know, uh, speak, speaking of which, it, I did follow up with the attorney general on on that question on the Planned Parenthood case. I do want to play that answer real quick and then I'll let I'll let you to respond to that as well. Hang on. Was there was there an awards judgment against Planned Parenthood? There's been a lot of judgments. Look, we've had we've had lots of litigation against Planned Parenthood in the past several years. And that, a lot of that litigation is ongoing. And I'm here to tell you, there's going to be more litigation coming next week. That you No, know, I, I when I listen back to it, I, he didn't specifically address your allegation about the, the, the ball being dropped in that case. Yeah, there were two cases where their office just blatantly dropped the ball. The Missouri Supreme Court called them out for it in a published opinion. And he doesn't have an answer for it because there is no answer. It's an inexcusable legal mistake. It's something a kid fresh out of law school would understand. You can't blow a statutory deadline. You have to appeal a case in its entirety if you want to take it up on appeal. Andrew Bailey is sort of attacking me personally, attacking my family, calling me funny names because he can't defend his record on these issues. And I think that's just shameful. I know you're saying that he dropped the ball as it relates to this Planned Parenthood case. One of the things I've been talking about this morning is how he's sending these cease and desist letters to three school districts now with um, St. Louis County. And I know he sent one to Wentzville schools. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you make of all of that? The, the Bailey administration is very good at sending letters and much worse at following up. When you look at what Eric Schmidt did to schools, he was suing school districts all over the state. He was hyper aggressive in the courts. So far, Bailey's only sued a single school in the entire state of Missouri in his over a year in office, and that was over a blatant open meetings violation out in St. Charles County. So again, it's a question of words versus action. And I think, again, we've seen a highly effective press operation from the Bailey administration, but a much less effective legal operation. And we'll see how things play out in the coming months. Yeah, I was going to I mean, in, in the case she's talking about here, I think Lindbergh, a couple other districts have been mentioned this morning where where the, the accusation is they've got programs in place that are effectively quota uh, programs. And, and he's calling them out for violating the law. Would you go after those? Yeah, 100%. I think that's great. It's worth noting that just a a month or two after he took office, in public comments, Andrew Bailey said he wasn't interested in investigating school districts. He said publicly, I'm not going to sunshine school districts. I'm not going to use the investigative powers of the attorney general's office to look at these very serious issues we have in education here in Missouri. Now he's in a tough Republican primary. We're closing in on him in the polls, and suddenly he feels compelled to take action. I think that's a great positive effect of the primary campaign that we've been waging against him. We've been forcing him to get more aggressive on a, on a large number of issues that are really important to conservatives. So I kind of take credit for that, and I'm, I'm glad he's doing it. What do you think is the biggest issue facing Missouri right now? The biggest issue facing Missouri right now, I think, is a totally incompetent government in Jefferson City that's consistently failed to yield conservative results for the people who put them there, for the Republican voters of this state. I mean, we have super majorities in the legislature. Every statewide office holder is a Republican. 
But this state doesn't look like Florida. It doesn't look like Texas. It doesn't even look like Arkansas. There's no concerted agenda. There's no sense of urgency. Uh, there's no plan for the future. That's really what compelled me to run. That's what got me into this race in the first place. Just total dissatisfaction with the Jefferson City establishment that my opponent, I believe, represents uh, just in every respect. I mean, this is a state that has a proud history. It's a state full of wonderful people that's been terribly served by its political class for far too long. Wow. Will Scharf, our guest in studio, candidate for Missouri Attorney General. T- tell me a little bit more about your role on the Trump legal team. Yes. Yeah, so we're the, uh, the appellate team for President Trump. Uh, we've represented him in Washington, D.C. We've uh, taken that uh, the, the D.C. criminal prosecution of him up to the appellate courts on presidential immunity issues. We've also appealed a number of gag orders for him. We were involved in the Colorado ballot access case. Uh, we're going to be involved in the, the Carroll appeal. That's the E. Jean Carroll defamation case in New York going forward. We're also involved in the civil judgment that Letitia James, the radical leftist AG of New York, uh, got against President Trump for hundreds of millions of dollars just a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're involved in in the full scope of Trump litigation right now. It's been a, a hectic process. It's been a, a difficult process. Uh, but we're we're racking up wins for him, and we feel really good about what the next couple weeks are going to bring. We're expecting a judgment any day now from the Supreme Court on that Colorado ballot access case. Likewise, we have a stay application into them on presidential immunity. Uh, we're litigating all over the country, and, and we're, we're doing our best to make sure that President Trump has a fair opportunity to run for president uh, without this campaign of election interference being waged against him by the Biden administration, uh, having the sorts of effects that I think the Biden people are hoping it will have. You know, I was watching the coverage of the of the Letitia James case, and I, apparently on her website or in person, they're daily updating the amount of interest that's being charged daily on this ridiculous amount of money that, that they find him for. Um, how real is that um, in terms of a threat to President Trump's uh, finances? Look, Tish James ran for office on the platform that she was going to sue Trump, that she was going to go after his businesses and that she was going to go after his money. She said that on the campaign trail over and over and over again. Then she got into office and aided by a former top Biden DOJ official uh, named Matthew Colangelo, who was with her office previously. Uh, they brought this lawsuit. They kept it in a courtroom uh, in front of this judge, Arthur Ngoron, who should have never heard it. This should have been in the New York commercial division from the start. There were any number of evidentiary issues during that trial. There were any number of uh, just bad legal decisions that the judge made there. We're going to take that case up on appeal, and we think we have very strong grounds for appeal there. Tish James is continuing to campaign. She's using this legal effort that she's launched Uh, to buttress her political future. And, you know, as a prosecutor, I was trained that, uh, you know, the cases you bring are never supposed to be political. They're never even supposed to appear political. And the New York AG's office with what they've done here, it's just the the absolute opposite. This is probably the first fraud case in American history, supposed fraud case in American history, where the allegedly defrauded parties have testified on behalf of the defendant. All the banks that President Trump was doing business with, the insurance companies, everybody involved in those transactions, basically testified that these were good loans. They were paid on time. Right. You know, they, they were happy with President Trump as a, as a counterparty, as a client, uh, and that they would do business with him again. So the, the idea that there was any fraud here, much less a fraud of hundreds of millions of dollars, is just absurd on its face. And we're looking forward to taking that case up on appeal. Do, do you think, obviously, you have a relationship then with President Trump? Do you think he'll endorse in this race? 
Uh, has he? Look, he I has think it, right? Every Republican candidate in the country would love to have President Trump's endorsement. Uh, we're obviously hoping that he'll endorse us. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm just proud to be part of the legal effort uh, that that's defending him right now. I think it's really important uh, that we don't allow these efforts at election interference uh, to go forward and that we fight back against the Biden administration and their weaponization of of the courts, their weaponization of law enforcement, their weaponization of the Department of Justice to pursue their political opponents. It's completely un-American and it's got to stop. Will, great having you in studio. Where can people go to find out more about your campaign? Uh, you can find us online at votesharf.com and you can find me on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Truth Social, at Will Sharf. Excellent. Thanks for coming in. Thanks a lot for yeah, having me. You bet. Good, good, to, good to meet you in person, finally. Appreciate <laughs> that. All right, coming up, we got to Jesse Jane Duff at about 820, and uh, Tom Ackerman is going to join us to talk more about uh, the Cardinals and spring training and when he gets to get on a jet plane and fly south. We're going to be back in just a minute. All right, uh, welcome back. Good, good to hear from Will Sharp. Good to have him in studio and talk about that. It's going to be a, a fantastic race, uh, like both of those guys. So, um, uh, may the best man win. How about that? Uh, my voter guide, by the way, on school board elections is in process. I'm working on it. It's complicated. There are lots of races out there. You got to look at each candidate. Uh, make sure you're making the right uh, choice when you're making a decision. What I want to do is make it easy for you to identify the people who are pro-parent, right, pro-common sense. They're going to go into these school districts and not make ridiculous, woke decisions, and they're going to act as a counterbalance to some of these woke superintendents that are out there mm -hmm. uh, because it's baked into a lot of them. It just is. So that's what I'm looking for with the voter guide. Now, on top of that, we're hoping to get that done by the end of the week. We've got our Save Our Schools rally coming up. I can tell you this much. It's going to be in downtown St. Charles. Last year we did it in West St. Louis County. This year we're going to do it in downtown St. Charles County. But it's still for candidates from all over the area who are going to be on my voter guide. They're welcome to come out and, and talk to uh, their constituents. We're going to hold a rally in downtown St. Charles on March 18th. So mark your calendar. I think it's a Monday. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to do that, and uh, it's going to be on downtown Main Street in downtown St. Charles. So it's going to be an easy event. We'll be in and out of there probably in an hour or two, and uh, you can meet some of these candidates who are going to be holding the important job of representing you on your school boards. We got a couple of school boards right now that are borderline, and we can flip them to. Parent-centric is the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. It is people that are going to make the right decisions for children and their parents and not just not put up with this woke stuff anymore. And I know you do put a lot of thought <laughs> into who you want to put on your list of these as far as these candidates go. So I think that's really cool, too, because you're not just willy-nilly throwing them on there. I mean, you're really doing your work <laughs> to make sure that they represent the, the values that we all care about. Well, it's a job because you got to figure out who who who's who, who stands for what. Uh, who's not endorsed by the NEA <laughs> because yeah, that's big. Th that eliminates you from contention right there because the NEA is only endorsing candidates who rubber stamp these uh, woke policies. Mm -hmm. uh, let's you just go to their website and look at what they stand for. And that tells you all you need to know about the candidates they endorse. If you don't support that, read the voter guide. Now it, it won't apply to every single district because in some cases, you just don't have any good choices. I'll just be honest with you. Just the way it is. Coming up, we're going to talk to Jesse Jane Duff, get her thoughts on uh, Nikki Haley still being in this race, and then Tom Ackerman on spring training and the Cardinals, and maybe, just maybe, 
a little college basketball. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 